Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You know what I'm wearing on my head right now? Looks like a KC, looks like a Kansas City. Is that a Monarchs hat? It is not a Monarchs hat. It, it should be. It's a KC hat. It's not a Royals hat either. It is a hat belonging to to the team that Jason oh. Kander. <laughs> it's the opposite of a Monarchs It's cap. the opposite of a Monarchs cap. It is. It is. A Monarchs cap being <laughs> something with a lot of intrinsic value, history, and import. This is the exact opposite of that. It's Jason Kander's adult fast pitch wood adult bat Adult fast team. pitch baseball team that, that he sent to me uh, with nothing else in it. Just sent me a box mm-hmm. with this hat in it. And this hat is signed by Jason Kander with his number on it. Um, thus decreasing its value. Thus decreasing it by half, actually. <laughs> decreasing its the value by half. Wait, he signed... It's a black hat, and he signed it in black pen? Yeah, you, you can't even see the signature. Come on, apparently. man. Get yeah. a silver Sharpie, for God's sake. <laughs> That would have that would have made it worse, frankly, if he'd got like if he'd gone to that effort to get a silver Sharpie to sign it. So what I'm basically saying is we have to find a way for me to get revenge on on Kander for sending me an autographed hat from yeah. his baseball team. I've got to figure out. We've got to get him. You have to find something that he doesn't want and then make it more elaborate <laughs> than it was before, right? Like That's, that's right. Because that's, that's what that right. is. It's like you need to uh, – I have a friend – so, so there's a, a magazine uh, released by the Writers Guild of America for its members called Written By, and it has stories about writers and, and information about the industry and stuff. And I uh, was on the cover of Written By a few years ago. Wow. I don't remember why. I, I think it was the, maybe the beginning of The Good Place or something. And um, the picture of me on the cover is incredibly dorky, <laughs> even by my standards. I am a, I am a very unphotogenic person. And uh, I had a bad haircut and I looked dumb and it's just, it's a very embarrassing thing. And every single year for uh, around Christmas, my friend, my good friend, Nate and his wife, my other good friend, Lila, figure out a way to present me with <laughs> that, with it, with an issue of that magazine. The same one. Yes. They give it back to, I always, I give it back to them because I'm like, I don't want this. And then they figure, and it gets more and more elaborate. And they, they, they get me every time. Like they, they wrap it up in, they, in a, like a g- enormous box. So it looks like it, you know, they bought me a stove and then inside the box is only the magazine. This last year, the incredible, incredible move was they, uh, we had a delivery to our house and it was a cake and it was like, oh, that's nice. They got us like a holiday cake or something. And it was a cake with the photo screen printed on the top of the cake and icing. <laughs> It's just, it's wonder. It's a wonderful joke. It's a great they gag. They get me every year. Yes. And so you, what I'm saying is you need to find something like that yes. to give to Jason. You need to like, f- you need to, to create something or figure out a way to get him something that he does not want. Yes. That is embarrassing for him that you force into his home. Yes. And, and impose upon him. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. We should take suggestions from people. People should tweet at us. and Absolutely. Yeah. Send us. Send us your suggestions for how to get Jason Kander back for uh, sending me this autograph. I, to me, the only thing he did not do 
was right on it to my biggest fan, which I think would have probably yeah. added added yeah. a little a little That's more. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but we got to get him. We got to get him. So we'll we'll figure it out. Something. You know, that what we he- should do is find find out who is the OPS leader in his league. <laughs> And then get that guy to sign a hat and present it to Jason. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. We, we we could definitely, yeah. There's there's we're gonna get him. All right. Just the bottom line is we're gonna get him uh, before yep. this thing is said and done. All right. This is a very very exciting. It's kind of an emergency podcast. Yeah. If you, if you think about it, because uh, we are recording this Wednesday morning, the night af- the morning after uh, the uh, final of the WBC between uh, Japan and the United States, which ended with maybe the coolest at bat in baseball history. It ended with Ali Frazier. <laughs> it, ended, ended. it basically ended with, yeah, Ali Frazier, Martina, Chris Everett, mm-hmm. uh, Agassi Sampras, like just whatever, you know, whatever rivalry. It ended with this incredible at bat between Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and and I just here here's here's well first of all this is what I'd say it ranks right it ranks yeah. among the greatest things that have ever happened in baseball is the 100%. fact that those two guys faced each other with the game on the line I mean with yep. the game on the line and you and I so so let's break down the game itself was not that great like it was it was there there have been more exciting games. A lot of them. It did not quite rise to the level of some of the of the Japan semifinal over Japan Mexico, Mexico right, right, uh, and and some of the earlier games that had a kind of like a walk off scenario or like a a, a a like a roller coaster. This team was yeah ahead, back that team and was forth. Ahead. But what happened? The reason it was so great. Let Let's run down the reasons. Number one. At, in the eighth inning, you realized what was going to happen. That's right. You ca- you counted ahead in the uh, in the American lineup, and you and you Otani had been warming, and you knew he was going to pitch an inning, and you were like, "Oh my God, it's going to happen! He is yes. going to pitch the ninth, and Trout is going to hit in the ninth. That's right. So there were two whole innings of buildup. Yes. The second the second thing, and was, I would say it goes even better than that because the the Japan initially sent Otani to the bullpen in the sixth inning. Right. So there was like this thought, like, oh, well, he'll probably pitch the seventh. Right? You wouldn't send him out there uh, because he's going to come up again. So you wouldn't send him out there unless you intend to pitch him like right away. Right. And then they didn't. They didn't even have him warm up, and they did. He did have to run back. He had to run in and hit. Yeah, <laughs> he had to run back to to hit. So at first it looked like that was not going to happen, and then it beautifully slowly played out. Like, oh, Otani's pitching the ninth. That's what's it happening. Was, here. It was um it was like a it was like standing on the shore in an old time old old timey naval battle as you saw ships from opposing armadas slowly <laughs> yes. approach each other yes. and their can- cannons were slowly being wheeled out. <laughs> uh, but here's the other thing, and, and this is a less discussed but I think maybe equally important aspect of this. Neither of those two guys has ever really played a meaningful baseball game in That's, their lives. Oh, it's huge part. And, huge part. And the idea that not only were they playing in this meaning in this meaningful game against each other, but that the game was going to come down to one of them pitching to the other one was just too beautiful and perfect to be true. And baseball gets dumped on a lot for 
for for the it's the the lack of exciting scenarios that play out because right. sometimes in the ninth inning of a game you in a one run game you have an all world closer in Edwin Diaz or a Mariano Rivera or Billy Wagner or whoever and he's facing like seven eight nine in the lineup yes, and there's right. not really and there's not really any drama you cannot choose the players who who hit for you. The That's game right. has chosen the players who hit for you in the most crucial times. So unlike football, where you know that Montana has Jerry Rice to throw right. to at any point, you know right. that Brady has Gronk, or unlike basketball, where any you know that Giannis or be LeBron, and whoever LeBron. can That's get right. the right. That's you right. don't have that in baseball, and that is a problem. And so when it lines up perfectly, when it's Eckersley against Gibson, or yep. it's uh, Otani against Trout, it just feels like th- there is a magic to it. There's yes. a like, there's a mystery and a universal kind of mojo that seems to have been sprinkled over the game. And so last night you had all of these events, the confluence of all these events lining up absolutely perfectly, including, and you and I texted about this, Yes, the fact that McNeil gets on in That's the ninth right. and then That's Mookie right. hits into the double play. Yes. Because if, so if Mookie doesn't hit into the double play, then you have Trout coming up to face Otani, but he's either the second out or the go-ahead run, or the winning run. Right. And although that is a delightful scenario, <laughs> yes. it isn't two outs, bottom of the ninth, That's tying right. run at the plate, winner win go home. Like it isn't there. If Trout had come up with one out and had flied out to the warning track and then whoever Goldschmidt, whoever was on deck uh, yeah. had come up. It would have been like, oh, the climax was one at bat ago. And this is right. And I actually thought because I believe, as you well know, that Mookie Betts is America's greatest living person. Yes. I I was like, this is going to suck because Mookie's going to walk it off and we're not going to get to see. (laughs) Everyone's going to hate him because we're not going to get to see Otani. Well, it would have walked it off because it was the top of the ninth. So it was so it would. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, So so he still would have come up, but it would have come up at him. It would have it would have been pointless. The game would have been been, anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think well, what we were discussing with uh, Brandon on the text is the is two scenarios. The first scenario is: Would you rather Trout come up with a with a chance to win the game, or at least give them the lead, but there'd be only be one out, or would you rather it be two outs and, and only a chance to tie? And I think definitely you take the two outs and and yeah. the chance to tie because because the game needed to either end with the strikeout as it did or trout homers and the game is going on and, and, you know, then, then it's still awesome. Those were the two scenarios. There was no scenario under which he was going to get a a bleeding bleeding rounder (laughs) single or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, well, he he was was, not swinging for that either. You know I mean? Look, they both understood. I, I I wrote about this. You can, you can see it over at my uh, site, uh, joebosnanski.com. It reminded me. um, So I, I don't, I should. I I know I should always mention this, or I should at least mention this to you. I wrote a book, and uh, yeah, the Baseball One Hundred. No, no, it's it's a new book. It's it's a, really a new book. Yeah, called Why We Love Baseball, uh, which is a countdown of the most magical moments. And so these are very much in my mind. And what I immediately thought about, even before the inning had started, was. There, there, there's a there's a very famous uh, story that you know, and and I imagine most of our listeners know as well. In the 1942 Negro Leagues World Series uh, between the Monarchs and uh, the Homestead Grays, 
uh, Satchel Paige was pitching. There was a runner on, and he he called Buck O'Neill over and said, "Hey, I'm going to walk the next two guys so I can face Josh Gibson with the bases yep. loaded." And and Buck was like, "What are you out of your mind? You can't do that." And Buck calls the manager out, and and uh, the manager turns to Buck and he says, "Look at all the people here. What what are they here to see? What are they? They're here to see Satchel Paige face Josh Gibson." And that's everything about that. That's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. And and baseball so rarely gives us that yeah. by by virtue of of luck and and timing, but also by virtue of the fact that they don't seem to care about that as much as we do. Like they don't seem to care. Like obviously nobody would like if Trout was in the hole and Goldschmidt was hitting third. Otani wouldn't have walked Goldschmidt so he could face no. Trout. No. But that's what we want to see. You know what I mean? Like I think <laughs> like that's that would be the coolest thing in the world and and I think baseball by virtue of of you know the fact that we now put so much importance on winning and losing uh every single game and the fact that uh, the game is just not built to give us those kinds of matchups when they do happen. Yeah, they're like they're legendary, and 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 in a way that because LeBron always gets the ball with with the with the team down by a point or two, always it's not as special as as the once in a lifetime seeing Mike Trout face Shohei with with the with the game with on a the line. trophy on with a trophy on the line with, with a, a championship on the line. On the line. I the, there's there's so many things to talk about in relation to the actual at bat starting with the guts that he had to throw a slider oh, to. Oh. I mean, my God. <laughs> that is what an incredible call to throw a slider. The second thing is Sarah Lang's, uh, our friend Sarah Lang's tweeted about this. Um, in the tournament, Otani hit 435, 606, 739. <laughs> he had four doubles and a home run. He also had a 186 ERA with That's 11 right. strikeouts and nine and two thirds innings and got the save in the championship game. But the most impressive thing is this, and this is all you need to know about what a unicorn this guy is. He hit the hardest ball of the entire tournament, 118.7 miles an hour. Yep. He threw the hardest pitch of the tournament, <laughs> 102 miles an hour, and he hit the longest home run, 448 feet. <laughs> I mean, I, it's no. I, I, what do you say at this point? What do you say? What's left to say about this guy? Oh, and when he runs, he's elite sprint speed. You know, he's like he's, yep. like, he's like about as fast as anybody. No, he's 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 Superman. I mean, there's nothing else to to even say beyond just what what he's capable of doing. The slider he threw to Trout was such a. He, here's the thing. I, I, and I try to get in the head of both of those guys. Trout steps in going fastball. There's nothing. He's not thinking about. There's no chance he's going to throw him a slider or a sweeper. Nothing. He's going to throw him a fastball. He mm-hmm. had thrown him what four, three straight fastballs, four straight fastballs. Uh, he was hitting. He, he hit 102 on one of them that he overthrew that one. But but he was throwing 100 miles an hour every time. Fastball, fastball, fastball. And Trout had missed two, which I don't yep. know how many how many middle middle fastballs Mike Trout the has two missed in the his two life. one pitch was center cut. Oh, the they two were both center cut. His, yeah, yeah, I think the old, the old, uh, the one zero pitch was also center cut. They were both yep. middle middle fastballs. Then they had movement, of course. And you made the point. I think this is right. It's March. 
He hasn't seen any 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. When's the last time Mike Trout saw 102 in March? I mean... Yeah, exactly. So so it's not... You know, that at-bat looks very different in July, probably. He yeah. doesn't swing and miss a two-middle-middle fast. Maybe he fouled, might not foul that him off, but not he's not guy. missing two straight. So he's looking fastball. Otani, who is also just a brilliant baseball mind, is going to himself going, all right, look... He's swinging here. He's not going to let this. If I throw anywhere near, he's swinging. He's not walking. That's not, Mike Trout is not about to walk in this situation. And I can hit the outside corner with the slider because I'm Shohei Otani. And he's going to swing and miss. I mean, I just think that, that in this particular case, and I love, I wrote about this. I love what Otani, I mean, what uh, Trout said afterward. He said, yeah, he won round one, which he is one su- round one. such a great, That's so great. <laughs> it's such a great thing to say. Um, but I think Otani didn't just win round one. I think he owned round one from beginning to end. I think he was one step ahead of Trout the entire at bat. Yep. I mean, I just couldn't believe Trout. Trout does not miss uh, I'll tell you what Otani, the one thing Otani did that was very smart is Trout homered on that pitch earlier in the WBC yeah. uh, on a ball down. And everything that he threw, all those fastballs were at least were thigh up. high. They were, they were thigh high. Yeah, they were, yeah. I mean, middle, and, middle. I mean, like I say, they were, yeah. but they were truly middle, middle up a little bit. But those, and, that he's so good on that, on that knee high plane. Oh. He just, his swing is so perfect for that. But Trout doesn't miss. In round two, if we get round two ever, <laughs> Trout will not miss all those fastballs. Again. No. He just he no. doesn't miss those pitches. I, no. And no, look, I, a, if I had to predict what would happen in round two, let's say a round two would happen in August and Trout's completely uh, locked in mm-hmm. and healthy and Otani is as great as he is, you know, he's, he's at the top of his game. There's a decent chance that Trout deposits first pitch fastball in the left field blue seats. I mean, there's yep. there's a decent chance that that happens because I think you know he'd be looking first pitch fastball and and maybe maybe Otani would not maybe throw him. Starts him with a slider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah that's slider what he did here. Slider. He threw. He started with a slider. So yeah. Um, but wow, I, I just you know when you when you think about the most magical moments in baseball history. Obviously, this one is did not. I mean, it's not Mazeroski hitting the home run or Gibson hitting the home run or 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 you know uh, any of the great endings that you think about. It's not exactly like that, but in some ways, it it felt more present than any of those because those happened, and then afterwards you're like, wow, that was the most amazing thing. But this one, while it was happening. You yeah. were going. This is the most amazing. I was thing. Every alone. Pitch. I was alone in my office, and I was standing up. I yeah. just stood up because it was like I can't sit down for this. <laughs> I, this is this is a standing scenario. Uh, the the number one feeling I had. I don't know if you had this feeling too. I think you did. In fact, we may have texted about this too. Please, I beg you, get that guy out of Anaheim. Oh. I beg you. I I'm literally begging Major League Baseball. I don't care collusion, like <laughs> f- like uh, uh, Rob Manfred f- f- forcing the Angels' hand. Contract the team. I don't care what you have to do. 
Get Shohei Otani out of Anaheim. Get him to Chicago. Get him to get him to Washington D.C. Get him to Philadelphia, Baltimore. We've talked about this. Yeah. Get him. Get him to Atlanta. (laughs) Put him somewhere where he can be on a bigger stage. Because this is this is my favorite thing about what happened. Honestly, what you hear about the dominance of football, and to a lesser extent, the 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 presence of the NBA is the, those leagues have an, an incredible ability to be talked about out of season. Yes. The NFL draft is gets a higher rating than NBA playoff games. Oh, April. absolutely. I, I, and, I, I, yeah. I just want to say something. I truly believe we are at a point now where the number one sports event of the year in America is the Super Bowl. The right. number two sports event of the year in America are the AFC and NFC championship games. And right. the number three sporting event in America is the draft. I, yeah. I really believe that's yeah. where we are. And then number four is the divisional round. And right. Number and number five, five is probably no- regular season games. <laughs> number five <laughs> is like Packers, Cowboys good, on a good Sunday Good Sunday night. night games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the idea that for a week in March... Baseball was the most talked about sport. Yes. That's, I don't know that While that's March ever Madness happened was before. going on. While March Madness yeah. was happening, and a good March Madness, an interesting mm-hmm. March Madness going on. And yeah. all of the people who are upset that uh, Edwin Diaz got hurt, who are upset that Altuve got hurt, all the stupid owners who are, who like, all the, we, this was another thing that was brought up. Not a single Yankee played in that tournament. Uh. And it's not official, but the the feeling is that the Steinbrenners uh, were like, no, you can't play. They just right. banned their te- their guys from playing. How else do you explain and no Aaron Judge, for instance? How else do you explain no Aaron Judge, no Garrett Cole? Right. Like no. Well, like, no, the uh, pitchers at least. I pitchers, mean, a lot of yeah. people avoided, but how is no Aaron Judge? Although it was interesting, somebody was saying to me, "This is here's a question." Then I want to get back to this because I think this is really cool. Um, but somebody was saying like, "Oh, you know, when you look at this as the greatest lineup." Uh, ever, you know, or one of the great lineups ever, this American lineup, they didn't even have Aaron Judge. And I thought, yes, Aaron Judge makes them a better lineup because he's Aaron Judge and he's great, but he doesn't make them that much better a lineup because where do you play him? So you, you would, well, if you play him at DH, then uh, no you, Schwarber. Are, you don't have you Schwarber. Schwarber. And the difference between Judge and Schwarber is significant, but... I mean, Schwarber led the league in home runs last year. You know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah, like, but Judge Judge is a better hitter than Schwarber. Judge, so no, no question. I'm and just a saying, star, obviously. Yeah, he's a, he's a much bigger star, and he's he's a better. I'm just saying, practically over a two week tournament, I don't know that that makes them any better. It just depends if Judge is hot. If you get Judge that you had in the playoffs last year, you'd rather have Schwarber. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like that. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, if if. When you looked at this, the only sort of like places where you could be like, oh, they could have used a little bit better player there, I think, were second base, where they had Tim Anderson playing second base for the first time in yeah. his, you know. So if you had a, um, I don't know, a Ryan Sandberg or a Joe Morgan or like a legendary Hall of Fame like second baseman, yeah, that would have really inflated, you know, made the team a lot better. But. I mean, this team was loaded in the outfield. It wasn't like there was. Yeah. I mean, Judge plays. No, I'm not saying Judge. Judge is better than Kyle Tucker, and Judge is better than 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 the Kyle Schwarber, and Judge is better than than you know Mullins. I mean, he's obviously better than those guys. I'm just saying that that 
not having Judge to me didn't diminish this lineup that much. I mean, the lineup the lineup was incredible. The the place where obviously they should rethink this is the pitching staff because they they had I mean, you you could argue that the I don't know, the 10 or 15 best pitchers that are in the league who are American were not were not present. Maybe 20 best pitchers. Like you you could have made a pitching staff. If you had if that pitching staff were Gary Cole and Spencer Strider and, you know, a healthy Walker Bueller and uh, whoever, uh, then suddenly that, then the team gets a significant amount better. Like, oh, there were, absolutely. There were, uh, even and, one, and I don't know, even one of those Even guys. one of them, yeah. yeah. And I don't know why the, the, in three years, you'd have to think that what they would say is like, look, this is your spring train. These are your spring training innings, right? right? Like this competition is your spring training innings. You're going to go through your normal throwing routines, you're, we're gonna, but we're not gonna. We're gonna throw you like one or two innings before the tournament starts, and then you're gonna play in the tournament. Like well, I, I have to imagine that after witnessing what we all witnessed, there must be a bunch of guys, Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole included, who are like, man, that looked really fun. I wish oh, I could play. Oh, here's what I thought about. I mean, again, these were the guys that were willing to pitch, and 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 uh, and they ended up pitching pretty well, by the way. And I mean, as yeah. a as a unit, uh, certainly in the in the championship. But how much cooler is that if if Clayton Kershaw is making the start? And and right. look, Kershaw's not at his very best now, but he wanted to play. Like right. he really wanted to play, and he's sort of the legendary pitcher of his day. Right. And it would have just been so cool for baseball to have Clayton Kershaw starting that game. Yeah. And it's like, no, we have some sort of weird thing with insurance or whatever. I mean, it was like, Just it was lunacy. Whole, you know that theory that's like that it, Team USA in basketball should just be like whoever, it should have been just the Warriors that one year, <laughs> right, you know? Right, because they, Because they don't get to practice together and they don't play, it takes a while to gel as a team. You, I could make the argument that the entire Atlanta Braves pitching staff should have just been the pitching yeah. staff. Like just give, just put all the Braves in there, and then that's their spring training. I don't know why they don't, they didn't do that. I mean, it. They the owners have to get over the idea that the the injury to Diaz was a freak injury that could have happened at any at any moment. Could have happened him to- walking down the stairs. I mean, Tony like he- Tony Gwynn once injured his thumb by slamming it in the car door of his Porsche at the bank before. Do you remember that? That's <laughs> right. one of the great baseball injuries of all time. So that you got it. You got to forget that injury. The injury to Altuve was very unfortunate. And Daniel Bard obviously felt terrible and sure. everybody was sad and he'll be up, but he's going to miss a couple months. The Astros will be fine. Yes. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to materialize. up is so good. Could, what that couldn't have happened in a, in a spring training of course, game. Of spring course training game, of course. Yes. And, and yeah. got a bunch of guys got injured in spring training this year. Yes. Like uh, in other ways, like you, if you play baseball, you might get injured. It doesn't matter whether it's spring. In fact, I would actually argue it is more likely to get injured in, uh, in to get an injury in spring training because you're facing a bunch of guys who are not major league ready. Yeah. And so that pitch from Bard got away from him. His control was terrible. But like you're telling me that couldn't happen against a triple A guy of course in it spring could. training. Of course it could have. Like, of course it could have. So I I hope that I I hope that the overwhelming success and excitement of the tournament a leads to everyone wanting to play and and the owner's hands being forced in that arena. Yes. And also, B, everybody getting over the idea that they shouldn't allow their players to play because they might get hurt when it's so clear that they could get hurt playing in spring training. There's also... 
there's a bunch of other things though I wanted to I wanted to talk about related to the WBC in no yes. particular order. Here we go. Okay. Let's go. First of all, Sasaki. How about <laughs> Sasaki? A 21 years old throwing a hundred, sitting at a hundred and one. Oh mean, my how, gosh. That, that guy, let's say he comes out in two years. Let's say two or three years from now, which right. is probably realistic. Because he's 21 right now. He's 21 years old. Just turned 21. Doesn't turn 20 yeah. until November. So he's 21 right. all year. So let's say he's 23 when he's like, all right, posting fees, what do you got? Yes. Who, like, what is his posting fee? What is the record posting fee at this point? I don't remember now. Uh, it's, 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 in, it's in the tens and 50 million, 60 million yes. something. I can't remember. It's got to be a hundred million for that guy at least. right? Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, I mean, we've heard, uh, Brandon just go on and on and on about how much he loves Sasaki. It's not just that he throws a hundred and, and whatever it, that his fastball might not be his best pitch. I mean, like the guy's yeah. got an incredible splitter. He's got incredible, uh, breaking stuff. He, you know, I mean, we might remember last year he almost threw back to back perfect games, right? Uh, which is just, just he was like eight innings into his second eight innings game. into his yeah. second perfect game. <laughs> so Yoshida's, uh, in a row. Yoshida's posting fee from the Red Sox was only fifteen million. That was the most expensive position player posting fee. It, it looks like, unless this is lying to me. No, I don't. Um, that doesn't sound right to me. Um, that doesn't sound right to me either. It's, the, his posting fee was fifteen point four million. The, also, the posting fee thing has has changed in the last like ten years. Like it, it there the rules of it have changed. But regardless, if you have the chance to sign uh, Sasaki, you're you're there's you're literally paying, no you're limit. paying anything you want. Like there's yeah, no limit. The Yankees, there's... the Mets, the Dodgers, those guys are Steve are... Steve Cohen would like give them an island. I mean like there's there's <laughs> nothing he would not do to have this kid. He's he's incredible. But I mean, look there there's so many cool things about the WBC. But one of those cool things is seeing these non-major league players who are like really good. I mean, really, really good. And, you know, I mean, it's not that long ago that people would, when Ishiro came, so that's 2001. Right. When Ishiro came, I mean, people were like, nah, the Japanese guy can't play in the major leagues as an everyday player. They're not strong enough. They're not this. They're not that. I mean, it was all the same things that people said about the Negro Leagues. That's why Buck O'Neill was a very, very big proponent of Ishiro and Japanese players because he said, I'm hearing the same things about these players that uh, that they were saying about us in, in right. the Negro Leagues, you know? And But now just seeing those guys, I mean, how about, what what's the third baseman's name, Murakami, the one that, uh, that well, won the Triple the, Crown the, last year? He was the next the next topic. So <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm reading this now. It, it, it feels as though, and I, I could have this wrong, so... If you're it, the posting fee depends on the contract. So if your contract is worth less than twenty five million, you pay twenty percent of the value of the contract as a right. posting fee. Twenty five to fifty million, you pay five million plus seventeen and a half percent. A contract over fifty million is nine point two seven five million plus fifteen percent of any amount over fifty million. So a hundred right. million dollar contract would be a sixteen point seven seven five million dollar posting right because they're saying that it can only be as high as 20 million for a posting right so so murakami uh who's 22 years old and hit 56 home runs last year and (laughs) the triple crown (laughs) won the triple crown walked off mexico against a major league pitcher totally Uh, hit the home run yesterday that set the whole tone of the game yeah yeah so his his batting line 
uh, as a 21-year-old, was 318, 458, 711, and hit 56 <laughs> home runs. So that guy's going to get a $250 million contract oh, yeah. or something. Oh, right? yeah. Like, so that, that, was a, that was another great thing about, um, about watching the tournament was it's not just one guy. It's not just like they have Otani. They have Sasaki. They have Murakami. They've got Yoshida, who's coming to the Red Sox next year, and I was very pleased to see him play well. By the way, because there's been a lot of debate about whether there's been they a paid lot of debate money. about him. Um, yeah, and he's only I think, five eight. Which but is let's talk about reason. him for a minute because there's been a lot. I've heard personally from scouts who are like, "No, it's not going to work. He's too small. He hasn't faced uh, you know the velocity that he's going to need to face. Yeah, he's strong or whatever." Uh, but he's he's not he's not going to do it. I'm telling you what, watching him looked, at this tournament, he looked awfully good. Looked, pre- looked pretty good to me. He had 13 RBI in the in his in the tournament, I think, or 14. Yeah, record set the record yeah. for RBIs in the tournament, and he hit that huge three run homer against Mexico that uh, that tied the game. Yep. And he's fast. I mean, like he's super fast. Also, like that's yeah. the other thing about a lot of the Japanese players. You know, there, there was something that John Smoltz kept saying over and over again in the in the uh, throughout when he was talking about Japan that I didn't like because I thought it was. I don't. I'll give him all benefit of the doubt and say that he didn't mean it this way. But he just kept talking about how the Japanese players were really disciplined. Kept saying he just kept using that word, really <laughs> disciplined. These guys really mm-hmm. stay within themselves. They 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 know how to play the game. They're really disciplined. And look, that's I, it's a compliment. It's not. It's not. Is should not it? Be, but is it exactly? <laughs> but is it? These guys are incredible athletes. They're so athletic, and it's it's like the reverse thing of you know the old line where people used to talk about. Uh, how uh, how an African American player uh, who they liked was very uh, what's the word they always used uh, to say that he spoke well always used oh the, oh <laughs> uh, like elegant or, El- uh, or eloquent or he's always eloquent, he's really yeah. eloquent yeah, yeah Sidney Poitier is so eloquent <laughs> he's so yeah. eloquent yeah that's what it felt like I mean I, again I'm trying oh, that's not a, tr- that's a hun- no it's a hundred percent what it was <laughs> we don't have to dance around this it it was bad it was he that. The, the the biggest this was another on my checklist of things to talk about the number one way to make this tournament better is to get John Smoltz the hell out of that booth I'm sorry he like that that was really bad and he needs to be talked to about that that yeah. was not oh, cool strictly speaking cool no but beyond that you had Joe Davis who jo- was doing his Joe Davis thing which was like Vin Scully uh, before him was he is as a play-by-play guy is incredibly restrained. Yes. And I happen to like that as a play-by-play thing because I, I think there's something that is that warrants um, that warrants restraint when you're just when you're announcing what is happening yes. in the game. It's why I think the best play-by-play guys besides Vin Scully are guys like Brian Anderson who who is like informational and for the most part restrained except when a huge things happen. Right. And there was a moment when Joe Davis, uh, during the at bat, Joe Davis said very straightforwardly in his Joe Davis way, he said, these are two of the greatest baseball players who have ever lived. Yes. And it was, it was exactly the right thing to say in the exact right tone at the exact right moment, because the drama of the situation was so intense. You didn't want any histrionics. You didn't want any like, like screaming and yelling no. in the build up to what happened. Right? right. And to simply say, just so everybody understands what you're watching right now. Yes. Shohei Otani is pitching to Mike Trout. 
these are two of the greatest baseball players who have ever lived. And it sent chills up my spine. And yes. it was great. The problem with Smoltz is Smoltz is even lower energy than <laughs> Joe Davis. He's more restrained. And I kept doing this thing. I was playing this game in my mind of like imagining John Smoltz calling the greatest moments in sports history. <laughs> and it would, it would, here's what it would sound like. It would sound like this. Okay. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes. That's what it would sound like. Or down goes Frazier. That's what it would sound like. And that is not what you want from your color no. commentator. No. You want you want the you want the energy and enthusiasm from the color guy and you want the restraint from the play-by-play guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got restraint from both. <laughs> well, and it's it was interesting because Joe Davis it wasn't so much restraint as this is this is how he does it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, like, like it's not even like, like he was bringing all of his energy to the yeah. broadcast. It just that's how he does it. It's not a, it's not a question of, of energy or enthusiasm or love of the game. He brings that out in so many different ways. He tells great little stories. He, he's done so much work, so he, so he can give you great background on everybody. Um, and it's really good. It's really good. It's it's very much in the in the spirit of Vin, uh, and and it's it's wonderful. And he's he's so good at what he does. John Smoltz half the time sounded like he wanted to be somewhere else. It's like I a know. different thing. Yeah. And and he is you know you you talk about great moments. It's like it's more than just that he doesn't bring uh, the energy that it's. It, it, to me, like him doing the 80 Olympic hockey team would go like this. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. <laughs> you know, the U.S. still has to win the gold medal game. Like that, this is not, this doesn't even give them the trophy. This is only the, this is, this is only the still semifinals. Gotta, they st- this is only the semis. They've still got to beat Finland to, to actually win this thing. So it's a... It, it's a big deal, but it's, you know, it's not like it's the championship. That's what it was like. It was like yeah. he could not throw more cold water. How many times did Otani do something incredible leading to John Smoltz saying something along the lines of, yeah, you got to question how much longer he can do this. I mean, it takes <laughs> so much energy and effort to do both. I mean, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how long. Yeah, it's not going to be that interesting to see, John. John, we're watching the game. We're trying to. And I, yep. I sense that over and over and over again, this wet blanket thing. And just I at the end of the Mexico-Japan uh, game, which is one of the greatest games any of us have ever seen. Yeah. Back and forth and back and forth with the with the big ending. I mean, it, it was it was a pretty close to as perfect a game as you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like, yeah, that. I mean, he said in words that was the greatest uh, WBC game in a long time or something like that. So he says in words some sense that we understand that this was a great game, but every other part of him is saying. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. I. You know. I. I, I I've, I've been to good games before. You know. I've, yeah. I've, someone. I, someone give give him a Red Bull or something for God's <laughs> sake. Like I. 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 I just. It was sad that they. Like when you saw the clips of, the Japanese broadcasts of those. Oh games, my gosh. I mean, and and the Japanese locker room, like his. Um. Yeah. Was it Yoshida's teammates or Murakami's teammates? 
it was Murakami's teammates, I think, back in Japan watching the walk-off against Mexico, like just going berserk and freaking <laughs> out. Like the energy of that tournament w- w- and John Smoltz are not a good match. They just aren't. Like, well, it just, just, it just, it just, wa- it just wasn't. No, and but you, I just don't know that you can fake it. I mean, if he's if he's that sort of blasé about the whole thing, it's like you can't just suddenly walk in there and and pretend like this is the greatest thing you've ever seen. It, it just it all felt like he like and and he's been that way about everything. Like he's that yeah. way about the new rules. Uh, where he's like, well, you know, the, 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 I don't really know why they're doing this and that, and I don't know if it's going to work and this. And it's like, hey, man, I, we, we came in to, like, enjoy baseball. I mean, can you can you maybe give us a little hope that things are going to be good? I mean, that things are going to be exciting? I, I Again, I don't quite understand why there's not more energy from him like why yeah. there's not more excitement and energy it's a real and look, he, he knows yeah he knows baseball and he can he can break down at it bad about as well as anybody uh out there but man can he i mean and then and then you watch kevin harlan and that group when uh Furman hits the game-winning shot they're all falling out of their chairs you know waving their <laughs> arms around and holding each other back like jaws on the floor like yeah, I know. It's it's sad when I just it's just I don't know who the right guy is for that job, honestly, but it's not him. Like no, uh, it's, that's uh, it's a hard job. The, that is. It's a hard job yeah. because because like you're saying, we don't want some you don't want Dick Vitale doing baseball. No. You don't want somebody who's who's like losing their minds after every play, after every homer, after every hit. I mean, it's too long a season for that, but you do want somebody who's like Wow, this is incredible. You know, yeah. this is absolutely incredible. You want it someone is... you just want someone who it sounds like wants to be there, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start with that? Let's find someone who wants the job. By the way, uh you know, as we talk about uh, you know, great announcers, I look, I think Joe Davis is fantastic. I mean, he's a fantastic announcer. But I do wonder if that was his best setting. You know, I almost wonder yeah. if you'd you'd want somebody like our buddy uh, Jason Benetti, uh, Jason Benetti, who brings that level of excitement. He, he like listening to Benetti and Steve Stone do a game is so much fun because Steve Stone. It's not like Steve Stone is he's not a yeller. He's not a he's not a. But Steve Stone like quietly is very funny and yep. he's like very. He's like really passionate about what's going on. Like he's like he's passionately defensive of the White Sox. He's he's you know. And then you get Jason, who's totally bringing it every game. And there's just a crackling energy when they do the games. That to me, again, I think Joe Davis is fantastic, and I want Joe Davis to do the World Series forever. I'm, I think he's fantastic. But this one, it almost felt like, man, we should have had like, I don't know, a couple of Latin American announcers or, or, you know what I mean? Like somebody who was like, like, there was always the sense that this mattered more to other teams than it mattered to America. And I don't think that's necessarily true for the players, but I think for the countries, it was true. And you do wonder if there was just a little bit of that sort of American, yeah, you know what, this is a nice little tournament that we're playing before the season starts rather than the way they felt about it in, you know, Puerto Rico or Dominican or Japan or Korea or China, even where it's like, 
this is it. This is the Super Bowl. This is this is as big as it gets right here. You can yeah. tell that everybody in Japan, I don't care how big a, a fan they are of any individual team, them winning this was the biggest baseball thing going. It's the biggest baseball thing that will happen all year is is Japan beating the United States in the WBC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would I would vote Brian Anderson. I would vote that TBS guy. Brian Anderson's great. He's as great. A, as, a, as an option. Like those, the the playoffs, the games that he has called, and I, I know I'm partial because he called the he called the Red Sox <laughs> Yankees ALDS and the Red Sox Astros ALCS and was great. But, you know, Ron Darling is good in those calls too. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, th- there are teams that would, that would meet the moment that maybe are better suited for that, I think. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah. Um, okay, but I have a couple other topics to get to about yes. the WBC. Next topic, Trey Turner. Oh. Trey Turner. <laughs> what had right. got into Trey Turner? Now, you said you predicted that yes. we need to get this on the record because yes. it's still the regular season has not started. You called that Trey Turner's winning the MVP this year. I have been thinking for a while that Trey Turner is going to win the MVP. And I've actually did not know that he was going to turn into Babe Ruth in the, in the, you know, the way he did. My thought was that Trey Turner is going to steal 70 bases this year. My thought right. is with the new rules, assuming by the way, and I, I do want to get to this topic. We, we don't know yet, but now they're, they're talking about uh, making tweaks to the rules. Yeah. Do you know uh, and, what they are? Have we heard what they are yet? Well, there, there are speculation. We could talk about that in a minute, um, but I, you know, I just want to say right away, I'm totally opposed to the changes already. Like, just let this play out, man. Let this play out. It's working. What What are you doing? Stop, stop bouncing around. Just, just let this happen. Um, but getting back to Trey Turner, he looks so fantastic as a player. He is going to be in Philadelphia, which is which is going to be a really really nice place for him to hit. Uh, 81 times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be surrounded by, you know, hopefully a healthy my uh, Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber and a bunch of other guys who can hit. He's going to score a billion runs. I I think he's your MVP. I, I think he's going to win the MVP this year. Well, if he does steal, let's say, 50 bases, yeah, he's going to score 150 runs. He because... <laughs> That lineup, yes. it's it's so let's just go position by position. It's Real Muto is your catcher. Reese Hoskins is at right. first. Right. I guess Bryson Stott maybe is your second baseman. Who's yeah, a, prob- who's a decent hitter. Yeah, he's a pretty good hitter. Promising then Trey too. Turner, Trey Turner at short, and then 
Alec Baum uh, plays third, right? So who has looked you've got, good? Yep, who's looked it's good? Spring. And had He's a, looked really good uh, in spring. Then you've got Castellanos, Schwarber, and theoretically in the middle of the season, Harper comes back. Brandon Marsh is lingering out there somewhere. <laughs> They've got Josh Harrison now as like a super sub guy who yes. can play a bunch of positions. Uh, and who's the who's the guy? I always forget his name. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Kingery. Scott Kingery is is lurking <laughs> around there somewhere. Who's who's had a really good spring. And so you put Trey Turner hitting second or third, I would suppose, in that lineup. Or leading off. Or leading off. And you're now you're talking about a Mookie Betts leadoff hitter if he's Mookie yes. Betts, where he's going to hit 30 home runs in Philadelphia. And he's going to be on second base for a lot of at bats yes. from a lot of good hitters and <laughs> and and scoring runs on a on an offensive juggernaut, which we assume the Phillies will be again, is a great way to win an MVP. It's like a real absolutely. Like if, if he scores 140 runs or something crazy, playing shortstop, playing a, a you know he's not the greatest defensive shortstop in the world, but he's not bad. Like that is a, it's a great call. Like I, it feels like he's hitting his prime right now. Yes. He is like, he is posed. He has been inserted into, he left an excellent lineup in LA and has gone to another excellent lineup in Philadelphia in a better park to hit in. Yeah. I think it's a great call that he's, he's like an MVP odds on favorite right now. And after watching him just N- not just hit the ball everywhere, but hit for the power. That oh my gosh! Those, uh, all of those no doubt home runs that he hit. I, it just yeah. well, here's here's what I would say. Last year, toward the end of the year, and I think for much of the year, Kyle Schwarber was their leadoff hitter, yeah. and Kyle Schwarber can't run. And Kyle Schwarber didn't really get on base last year. He had a very low batting average. He had two eighteen. You know, they did walk, you know, some, he walked 86 times, but that only brought his on base percentage up to 320. It wasn't like it like made him, he still scored a hundred runs. I, he led yeah. the league in home runs, but I mean, you know, you add a guy like who's going to get on base a lot more, I think in, in Turner, it's going to hit 325 uh, or something. Yeah. He's going to, yeah. And he's going to hit his home runs too. He's going to drive himself in too, but he's also going to steal bases. He's going to score from second every time on a single. And I, yeah, I mean, I think this guy has has got a chance to to put up like a monster, monster, monster season. That whole it's a great, team, feels great signing. To me. What a great signing by Philadelphia, man! I that it really was, really yeah, was. I, I mean, anything can yeah. happen. Who knows? Who knows how this plays out? But like, man, that was smart of them to to yeah, like get to the World Series and then look around and say like, ooh, if we add this guy, we're going back. You well, know. yeah, I think that was the. I mean, look, it was a hugely expensive signing, but I think it was the best signing of the of the you know the, the Padres going out and getting. Uh, um, uh, why am I losing his name? Shortstop, the, the Red Sox shortstop. Oh, Xander, uh, yeah, Xander. I think and, the Padres have gotten so many guys. I literally didn't. Yeah, know I was going to say like, <laughs> wait, which one are you talking about? Um, and uh, and you know some of the other big signings and and the Yankees bringing back Judge. I mean, that's all great, but. As far as improving the team, I think that yeah. the I think the Yankees they, the Yankees and Red Sox made huge signings just to keep their teams roughly just to keep the their same. team going. Yeah, although yeah. I will say after this um, after this World Baseball Classic, Yoshida, uh, the, Yoshida, like the yeah. Red Sox, that might have been that might have been one of the top signings. We'll, well see. We'll see. I mean, that's ninety million for five years, which is a lot of money, but it's not. 350 million for it's not a lot of money if he's good right like yeah, that's the yeah. thing that's always true it's like if he's a complete bust 
then yeah, that's a lot of money that you threw in. But if he's an all-star level player, then that's an unbelievable bargain for five yeah. years for ninety million dollars. You know, in in in, in in a guy's prime, in, in like a guy's young, prime, you know, exactly. 20, so, yeah. so all right, all right, final topic, final yes. topic, one more topic. Randy Rosarena. <laughs> okay, how is Randy Rosarena not the best player in baseball? How it's because you, the games he the only thing like if you scouted him, you, here's how I think you would look at the tools. You'd be like, yeah, he's a plus hitter, plus power, plus speed, plus defense, plus running. He's plus everything. He's a five tool guy as far as as far as tools and talent. And the only thing that holds him back. The only thing that can hold him back is boredom. I think that's mm-hmm. the only thing. I think it's just if you're playing on a Tuesday in in you know in in Milwaukee or something, you're just not going to get Randy Rosarena. But you put him in front of a crowd with something on the line, and the guy's Willie Mays. It's absolutely, and he's so fun. He's such a fun player. Uh, mind blowing. Mind blowing you, what he did. So he has. Uh, what is his deal? So he is. Is he in? Is he even arbitration yet? I don't. Oh yeah, he is. So he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. After this year. Yeah. So he's he's going to be twenty nine years old, and he's making four million dollars this year, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to be a free agent at twenty nine. Again, much like get Shohei out of uh, out of Anaheim. Get Randy Rosarena to a playoff team, please. I beg you. Get him not and not, not just a playoff team, but a team that plays meaningful. Like the Rays have been a playoff team. Obviously, he was yes. he dominated the World Series. But but get him. Put him on the Phillies. Put him on the on the <laughs> Red Orioles, Sox. Put, yeah, put him. Uh, put him somewhere where he is playing meaningful games, like nationally televised games, all the time. Because it's you know Castellano said that thing last year in the playoffs where he was like, yeah, sometimes it's hard to like care that much right. and pay attention that much. <laughs> and I, I, it's gotta be the same with him because not only does it seem like he plays 15 times better when the games matter, he's 15 times more fun. The thing, yes. robbing that home run and then just staring back at the infield, <laughs> crossing his arms, signing autographs during pitching changes. This, this is a guy, if baseball wants to, breakthrough become more national become more relevant yes spotlights need to shine on Shohei Otani and Randy Rosarena and guys like that and Bryce Harper and guys who are like this game is fun this game is exciting we can do the thing uh when when action happens when dramatic things happen we can do what the NBA players do which is flex and scream and like yes. and strut around and high five each other and that will rev up the fans and make the games more exciting and fun. And Randy Rosarena playing for Mexico, he's one hundred percent Cuban, <laughs> playing for Mexico because of the role that Mexico played in his defection story. That's uh, right. Wearing it wearing a sombrero and cowboy boots during <laughs> batting practice in the outfield. This is a this guy is a legend in the making and all the only reason that he's not a, a household name is a it's baseball and very few people are household names in baseball and b he plays in front of 6250 people every night <laughs> in Tampa and it's such a shame like this is you know even guys on terrible nba teams uh get can become household names become legends become famous because 
that game plays to the strengths of individual personalities and baseball needs to catch up. We all know it. Baseball needs to highlight these guys and make them into bigger deals and, uh, and celebrate what makes them fun and interesting and good. And he's like, a, you just saw from him, like put this guy under the right spotlight in the right situation. And he will like, I, I read that Shohei Otani's Instagram followers doubled from 2 million to 4 million over the course of the tournament. Yeah. There's no reason that Randy Rosarena shouldn't have 4 million Instagram followers. There's no reason that he shouldn't be talked about and beloved and celebrated in the same way because he's not as good. He's not as interesting and good. He doesn't pitch. So it's not like he's Shohei Otani, but oh my God, is he fun? He's oh so my fun. God, is he's he great to watch and fun? So fun. Look, and I just, th that's what this tournament really did is it, it really, to me, highlighted how much more fun, just capital F fun, this game could be night even with a 162 game schedule even spread out from april all the way to october it can still be more fun and more enjoyable and more celebrated than it is absolutely well here's here's the thing you say that about the nba that you can still be a star if you're uh you know on, on a bad team it's not a hundred percent true but largely because if you're a superstar on that level you're probably not on a bad team you know what yeah, i mean like fair. it's super hard to be like, if you're healthy, you know, because obviously you have Zion or somebody like that, but it's super hard to be a dominant NBA player and be playing on like a, an angels level team. Like you, usually your team is at least playoff, you know, uh, potential playoff, but this has led me to a, to a, a thought, which is, I, I got a text the other day from Molly Knight, and Molly was saying, the NFL would never allow Shohei Otani to be stuck on the Angels. Like, that would never happen in the <laughs> NFL. Now, I don't know yeah. if that's true, but I'll say this. Randy Rosarena is on the Rays. Shohei Otani is on the Angels. Juan Soto is on the Padres. Uh, Manny Machado is on the Padres. These are not ideal spots for... No. for and And... I'll say that. I mean, look, I love Seattle, and Seattle's a great situation, but Julio uh, is on Seattle, and that's all on the West Coast. It's, it, we're, we're, you know, let's, we know that, that East Coast and Central, they're not watching West Coast games. You're not seeing, probably more Americans saw Shohei Otani in the final of the WBC than ever before. Wouldn't you say? I mean, oh, the, the, uh -huh. oh easily. Yeah, easily. not even close, right? So, so yeah, there this is this is a fundamental problem that baseball sort of allows players to go wherever they go. And I mean that every league supposedly does that. But you know, Tampa Bay has been in the you know, was in the World Series two years ago as a playoff team every year. It doesn't change the fact that nobody cares or very right. few people care. That certainly outside of the Tampa Bay area, nobody cares about the Rays. <laughs> And no matter how good they get, they're just not, it's not like you're just going to be walking around LA and seeing a guy in a Rays hat. It's just not happening. So, and it's kind of the same way with the angels, no matter what they do, they're, they're never going to be, you know, they've won a world series, but they're never going to be one of those teams. They're just not the Padres. No. I don't think will ever be one of those teams either. And, and it's just, it's just because of location and whatever. And I, Yes, I, I think it's a bummer for baseball. It's a bummer because, look, those 
cities deserve to have those great players as much as anybody, but it's a bummer for the game that the the real jewels of this game, the ones that play so fun. My daughter, Katie, who's not a big baseball fan, walked in on the World Baseball Classic. She didn't know any of the players, but she knew Shohei because Shohei's a TikTok guy. Shohei's right. like, you know, big on TikTok. So how do we get more players on TikTok? How do you do it? Well, Randy Rosarena would own TikTok. Oh my God. <laughs> he would own Has TikTok. anyone ever been made for anything the way he is made for TikTok? And it's just, it just feels like without changing anything that's so much, if, if a Rosarena played on a big market team, um, you know, he would just be this because I mean, frankly, as a player, I think he's been somewhat disappointing during the season, but only because he's bored because he's bored. And I don't know that he would be bored in a, in a, in a different market, you know, because I mean, we're now at a point where we've seen him in the World Series and the other playoffs and then in the World Baseball Classic, I mean, he just turns into a different animal when he's when he's in you yeah. know in these sort of settings. It's everything about him lights up. It's so so much fun to watch. But I think now the 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 team that that has that vibe are the Phillies when Harper 100%. comes back, right? Yes. Get get all these guys to the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> the entire, every good player should go to the Phillies right now. That's a, that, We should just, just stack the lineup, make them into the 75 Reds, make them an unbeatable machine, get all of them, get, get every, every interesting, colorful, fun, <laughs> exuberant player onto the Phillies. And just let's, let's just, let's use the Phillies as like the, as the, the shining they're, example. They're the Globetrotters and everybody's got to play that. That's right. You know, like, like, yeah, like, I don't the, care. Let, the, let the them win 150 games. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Like the way the 96 bulls were, right. It's just like, they're a show yeah. when they come to town. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, very funny, but a Rosarena at, at some point, and maybe this is the year, maybe he's not bored because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So maybe this is the year. He just absolutely lights it up, but he's incredible. Yeah. What yeah, he maybe the maybe he hit the, 650 or something in the something in the, like that. Yeah, but you're right. Maybe the walk year of his contract, like I'm leave, I'm definitely leaving Tampa. I've got to go somewhere. I've got to impress the. He needs to impress basically six teams, right? It's he's got to get the Dodgers, <laughs> Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, yep. Cubs, yep. and Astros in, interested in him. And so maybe <laughs> maybe he'll just turn it on and play that hard every night. Yeah, he's he, he's he's so much fun. He's so much fun. By the way, what is our latest update on uh, where we think Shohei's going to end up? Man, I I is, still... is there is there a chance Shohei goes back to the Angels? I mean, what would they? Ha- I guess the question is, what would they have to do? Right? Well, so I think Artie financially Marino, they'd have to. He do was going to Artie, Artie Marino was going to sell the team, and then he decided not to sell the team, and no one really knows why he was either going to sell. Well, you know why he's going to sell. He wanted to make two billion dollars, but yes. Um, but no one knows really why he pulled back. Ostensibly, he because he didn't get bids in the level he was asking for. He was probably asking for six billion or something insane. Probably. Um, but I think what you would have to do if you were Artie Moreno is not only give him $500 million, which I think is what it'll take to sign him, right? It's, it's four fifty at least I would imagine. Oh, yeah. oh I think there, there's a good chance he gets 500. There's a good yeah, chance. Yeah. I think it's probably like a 12 year, $500 million deal or something like yeah. that. 
But I think you would also have to say, hey, it, it would have to be like the way that Kawhi was like, I'll come to the Clippers if you get Paul George. Like, I feel like if I yeah. were Otani, I'd be like, OK, let's look at the five biggest free agents next year. Maybe he would say, yeah, I'll sign if you get a Rosarena and if you get uh, whoever. The problem like is leaving. the problem is that doesn't work for the the Angels have not. The, the problem with the Angels has not been their refusal to sign big name free agents. They've they've yeah. they've consistently signed your your your. Albert Pujols and Josh Hamilton and, and Rendon and, yeah, and you know like that's that's never been their problem. Their problem is you you'd be like yeah we'll bring you in and we're going to hire an entirely new group of people to run our minor league system or something. You know what I mean? Like we're just going to we're just going to bring Keith Law in to basically run the minor leagues and whatever. I it's <laughs> it's it's uh I, I just wonder, you know Trout's going to try to keep him. You know Trout's going to push. Yeah. And, and as he should, and it's, it's, you know, of course they're going to be the ones like, Hey, we're the ones that believe that you could do this two way thing. They'll play that card as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And if they have like a decent year this year, if that could happen that they would have, like they would be in mm. somewhat in contention. It's so hard. Then to I imagine. think there's a chance. I know it's, 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 you know, it used to not be this way. Like the angels used to be contenders pretty much every yeah. year. It wasn't that long ago. And then well, they that, got that division. <laughs> that division was terrible. Yes. Like for a and, long and it's, time. Yes. And it's, changing. You, you know, 80, 87 wins would get you, would get you into the playoffs or pretty right. close to it. So, you know, you had to be what, six games over 500 basically. <laughs> um, and, but it's not terrible anymore. And if you're Shohei Otani and you were maybe about to go to the Mariners and now the Mariners are, were a playoff team last year, yeah. look really good this year. They have a lot of really good young players. Yes, they do. You, that, that is a very good park to pitch in. You're staying on the West coast. There's a connection to Japan it's hard. I, you would have to imagine that f- since Otani got here and established himself as a star, the Mariners have been making uh, plans to offer him what he is going to be worth. They're going to make it. They have to make a run at him. They'd be crazy not to make a run at him. They'll so make a run. I think got, what's so, going to happen, they'll make a run and the Yankees will make, you know, at least some noise because the fans will lose their minds if they don't at least try. Right. And, the Red Sox will, will probably try to make some sort of push, um, and and there'll be some Dodgers others. and Padres are lurking out. Dodgers there too. and Padres are always lurking, and then Steve Cohen's going to walk in and offer him a billion dollars, just <laughs> offer him one billion dollars to come play for for them. I mean, if you think about the way that the Mets are now going about their business um, by putting together the super team, uh, you know, dented a little bit by the Diaz injury, but still, their pitchers for the most part, are on the older side. Yes, they Their are. Their pitchers are Verlander-y and Scherzer-y. <laughs> and if you could, and those guys have, what, one or two more years each in them. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you re- so Verlander pitches for you this year, and then you replace Verlander with Shohei Otani. <laughs> and, and also, think about how much money those guys are making. Scherzer's making $100 million for three years, right? It's something like that, and, yeah. and or two years. I don't know, three years. And Verlander, same thing. These are $30, $40 million guys. So, like, you you have, if you're Steve Cohen, as high as your payroll is, you have $80 million in pitching coming off the books in the next couple of years. Yeah, they'll be coming There's, off fairly soon. That's, I, look, I think that's one of the smarter things that he's done is gone with these short-term, big-money contracts. I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm sure people are out there trying it, I guess. 
but you don't hear much about it. I honestly think that somebody should be like, look, come for us. We'll give you two years, $100 million, two years, $120 million. Well, yeah. well you'll break the, the average three years, 170 million, you know, just something crazy because that's kind of what you know you're going to get from them anyway. I mean, you know that after three or four years, you're probably not going to get much more. Um, I mean, Otani is still so young, you know, by by these kinds of standards. But, man, I, I just, I'm excited to see what, first of all, I'm excited to see what he'll do this year because it feels like, what we've seen the last two years feels like it's building to something even greater, potentially. Like yeah. two years ago, you thought, well, this is as good as it can get. He wins the MVP. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball within with with only 130 innings pitch. But, I mean, the guy pitches and hits. You can't expect him to do both, blah, blah, blah. Then last year, like he didn't hit quite as well, but still hit awfully well. And... He was on his own terms one of the best pitchers in baseball because he he pitched whatever 180 innings and and uh, struck out 200 batters and like he was a full time starter and now you're like could this guy win the Cy Young and the MVP, and the MVP. separately separately yeah. yeah I mean like I mean that's <laughs> happened before where people have won the Cy Young and MVP because because like Roger Clemens did it and Verlander did it or whatever but where you're like, no, he won the Cy Young as the best pitcher, and he also won the MVP as the best hitter. Like, right. it feels within his grasp. Like, he could do it. Yeah. Oh, 100% he could do it. I mean, <laughs> he was in the race for both last year. Like, and and he it seems to be getting better. That's like what that, I'm saying. You know. He seems yeah. to be getting better. That's what, especially That's so as a scary. pitcher. <laughs> By the way, so do you think in some ways... Trout is like Trout is losing a little bit of it, look. Trout, Mike Trout is as good as he's ever been. He's so great. By the way, there was a moment in in yesterday's game where he hit a bloop single to right, and he turned it into a double by by showing like he ran thirty point two sprint speed, which is yeah. like super elite, like top. And it's like it's almost like a reminder, like oh, I can still run, like I'm still fast. Yeah. That that guy is still like he's the best p- position player in baseball. I think. Yeah. Still to this day, as but Joe now, Davis said, those were two of the greatest, two of the greatest of all time. And of played. course, yeah. he, uh, he he's in fact we know that that Mike Trout is the number twenty seven player in baseball history because somebody wrote about it in a book. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, but. In some ways, he's getting overshadowed, which I don't think he minds. I don't think, like, none of that interests Mike Trout. Mike Trout doesn't want to be famous. Mike Trout doesn't want the attention. So he doesn't mind being overshadowed. But it is kind of weird because we've always talked about getting Mike Trout out of Anaheim, which we need to do also. Also need to do that, It's it's just not as urgent as getting Shohei out of Anaheim. Yeah, but it is it is urgent in both cases like getting I mean like Mike Trout uh, in a Mike Trout needs to play before he retires in five or six playoff series minimum yes oh absolutely in in order for him to be not Ernie Banks right like if he doesn't do that he becomes Ernie Banks where it's like oh incredible player never got to show what he's capable of. He's played in one playoff series in his entire career. He went one for 12. He went one for 12 and they (laughs) lost. 
and that is so he's you know what it is the the analogy obviously is Barry Bonds right Barry Bonds right was uh, played in more than one playoff series but had this had this uh, a reputation of being a guy who wasn't good in the playoffs because in the few playoff series he'd ever played in he didn't he didn't really hit Ted Williams same thing right. Ted Williams first many playoff series wasn't very good and then Bonds uh, and then the Giants you know get to the World Series and Bonds is Bonds and hits. <laughs> The well, longest home run ever bonds. hit in history. Was, yeah, <laughs> right. And, he, and they intentionally take... walked him half the time he came to the plate. So yeah, I mean, that's he was right. Like, and then he hit a 700 foot home run off Troy Percival <laughs> in one of the most exciting at bats I've ever seen in my life. And that is what kicks you up to the next level. Is yes. obviously you got to play on that stage. It's and this is by the way, this goes through all sports. This is the same of quarterbacks. It was it was the knock on Matt Stafford that he never you know sure. played in the playoffs. It's the knock on Damian Lillard currently. It's the knock on a bunch of guys. That it's currently crazily, it's the knock on Jason Tatum just because Tatum didn't have a good finals. Like <laughs> Tatum plays played really well in every playoff series. He got to the finals. It was had an off series out of yeah. I think exhaustion and and just running up against a good team. And now it's like, well, maybe Tatum isn't all we thought he was. Like this is this is what we do to these people. Yes. But the problem with Trout is he's never even gotten to the point where really he could fail in the playoffs because he's never no. been in the playoffs no. except for one no. time. So getting both of those guys out, Trout's never leaving. Trout signed the endless contract. He never wants to leave, apparently. I guess he doesn't want to leave, but man, we want him out of there. We want Just... him to leave, yes. And so by the way, there's us. never there's never been a more perfect Philly, right? I mean, like, like, like the guy grew up in New Jersey for crying That's out loud. That's what I, I don't mean, understand. Like... <laughs> I don't understand why he wouldn't want to get out of there and go play in Philly. Like he would and also like Go play in a place where there are seven huge personalities. Let let yes. Harper and Castellanos yes. and and Dominguez <laughs> and all those guys like let them be Trey, the lightning Trey rods Turner, and yeah, Trey Turner exactly. and and Schwarber. Like let all those guys. You can just hide in the shadows and relentlessly hit three thirty with a yes. four fifty on base percentage and win a title. Man, get what are you doing? Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> can it ever happen for the Angels? Ever? Can it ever happen for them? I don't think, you know, everyone says the same thing about about modern ba- baseball teams, which is you cannot win unless you unless you hit on your free agent acquisitions and have a player development system. That's what yes. makes the Dodgers so good, right? right? The Dodgers sign the huge free agents, and also they have maybe the best player development system in all of baseball. So, yes. ev- so they are... They are signing these enormous, gigantic contracts for these huge marquee players, and they're constantly bringing up guys you've never heard of who are like incredibly yeah. good players. Same as, and, and you know, hopefully the Padres are going to have the same situation. It's unclear if the Phillies player development system is is as good, but that's no, what I don't think it is. But it, but they're so they're you know they're they're so set in so many ways. Yeah, the team that the team that it looks like that could happen to if they ever decide to spend money is the Orioles, right? Like that Orioles, right? Because their their system is now beginning. Gunnar to- Henderson and Rutschman and all these guys and Cedric Mullins and then and now if they can get if they can get a couple good free agents to come play there. Which maybe they can if they look if they win. Well, I think they can once once we get going. I think they can if they win eighty something games, eighty five six games. If they are fighting for a playoff spot, if and those young guys, if Gunnar Henderson and Rutschman continue to to prove that they're legit, 
Like you're gonna have guys who are like, yeah, screw it, I'll go to the Orioles. Why not? Well, like course. that is that is a franchise with a lot of history. There are it's not like they're not the the Marlins or the Rays or something. Like, no, there, no, there not is at all. there is marquee value. In I don't know franchise. if they're willing to spend money. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's a real question whether or not they're willing to spend any money. So, all right. So by the way, so next week, do we have to do our ninety-eight point six percent accurate? Uh, yes. Uh, so so that'll be coming next week where we will be doing our. Our baseball preview, because man, opening day is like next week. It's next week. It's exciting. I mean, I read that um, they released before the game last night that if Otani pitched, it would not affect his ability to start opening day. And I was like, oh my god, that like <laughs> that the idea that that's even. I mean, how much better is this? Is the WBC for making March fly by? Oh you know my god! I mean? Like it, yes. we would be so bored right now. It would have been two weeks of nothing. Well, the WBC almost single-handedly, you, you might remember that we had that draft where we drafted sports months, and we both, oh, we drafted actually months period and then also sports months. Right. And when months period, we picked March as the worst month. It was the worst By month far. of the year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, then, and then COVID hit in March, right when we wrote, did that. But um, <laughs> how much better does March uh, feel when there's a WBC, it's like, it kind of changes Huge. the landscape entirely. Huge. Change, changes everything, man. Changes yeah. everything. So, now so you got much better. March Madness and uh, that. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, pretty it's pretty good. So, all right. So next week we will be doing our uh, full-fledged baseball preview, which is very exciting. 98.6% accurate. Guaranteed. I'm told uh, guaranteed. Yes. 98.6% accurate. Our lawyers have told us it's okay to say this. We guarantee <laughs> our, 98.6% our, accuracy. Our Meadowlark paid for lawyers have told us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know. Like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael. No Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast whoa. It's one last whoa. And uh, why don't you go? I have, uh, I've made a personal hygiene decision oh boy that's kind of interesting okay which is um i got invisalign you got invisalign wow the 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 tooth thing the teeth thing the teeth thing so it's it's a uh my uh, as you get older those of you who are young you don't know what this is like yet you don't get older your your teeth everything starts to break down yes but your teeth just decide that they want to kind of move around a little bit, explore <laughs> other parts of your mouth. And this was a shock to me. I did not know this. I was not aware of this. But like all of a sudden, one day, a couple months ago, I was like, why are my teeth feel weird? And I looked in the mirror at, at my teeth and they were just kind of like, they were just kind of meandering a little bit. Is it going to go over here? I'm going to, this one's going to rotate 12 degrees this way. And this one's going to kind of migrate over here. And I was like, I, that's bizarre. And I, I, I never had braces as a kid, so I wasn't aware that this was a thing that happened. So I went to my dentist, and I was like, why are my teeth migrating? And he was like, you're old. You're an old person, and this is what happens to teeth. 
So I was like, all right, what are my options? And he was like, you can get braces. And I was like, I'm not doing that. He was like, or you can get Invisalign. And I talked to a couple of people who had it and they were like, yeah, it's a little bit of a pain and it's weird, but it works. So you, the way you get Invisalign is you go and you, you make a mold of your teeth. You put these like, you put these things on your teeth that are filled with this mushy gunk and it like makes a mold of your teeth. And then a computer says, all right, you need this many trays of Invisalign plasticky thingies. And you have to put these little nodules on your teeth that like have them click into place. And then after 16 weeks or whatever, 18, 20 weeks, depending on how much your teeth have decided to wander around your mouth, uh, your teeth will be straight again. And I was, I have to say, extremely skeptical. I was yes. like, well, I don't understand this. Like these are teeth. These are like famously the hardest chunks of your human body and the and they're like wedged <laughs> into your skull how is this going to work and yet i'm halfway through and my teeth are like getting back to where they should be really and gotta, yeah and like I, I this is i'm not i'm not sponsored by invisalign or anything i'm not <laughs> this isn't a this isn't a paid for ad but i just want to kind of give it up to science for a second we don't this is, used to be one of our segments we, we used to have se- science. a science segment that's right yeah so i want to give it up for science one more time to say like somebody figured out that you know it's going to end up being i think 17 weeks or 18 weeks or something which is you know not a short amount of time but in 18 weeks my teeth will have demigrated and will be back in their proper position and it's it's you know there's a sort of mild annoyance slash discomfort that i live with it's hard to to have a you know it was hard to like figure out how to fall asleep with this thing in your mouth and okay and it was like a little bit odd but i i it's like incredible to watch your human teeth move (laughs) position in your mouth slowly over the course of several months so i just want to give it up to science specifically dental science and say like i'm pro invisalign uh hey i mean just think about there right now they're in the del- the dental laboratory trying to figure out ways to make Invisalign even better. Yeah. And I'll <laughs> bet they will. They're constantly working. They're constantly working. That's the thing you always say about dental scientists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's a great one. Um, all right, I actually have two. Well, they're related things, but they're two sort of separate. I was in a uh, restaurant the other day and the waitress that we had was very nice um she was probably i'm not great at guessing ages and i and and nor nor do i need to be but she wasn't a kid let's just say she wasn't a teenager she was probably in her 30s probably i mean that would be my guess maybe she could be like 20 i don't want to insult her she was very nice But she probably was somewhere in that 30 to 35 range, okay? Okay. She walks over to the table and says to me, oh, my God, you look just like my dad. (laughs) 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 Now, uh, that is the first time that's ever happened on any level. However, if it had happened and it was like a teenager... Like, you know, just a teenage person who was doing, you know, the 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 waiting. Uh, I would have thought, yeah, okay, that's, that's, I got teenagers. One of my daughters mm-hmm. is a teenager. One is sure. in college. But this woman looked like, you know, like, like, 
If she had said you look like my brother, I would have right. thought, my yeah. Older, my slightly older my brother. My slightly older brother. <laughs> so that was, so that was, it, it was, and she meant it in the nicest way. She was not in any way trying to be insulting or whatever, but I took it the way I took it. A little bit later on that day, I was playing tennis against uh, uh, the club pro. Not even the club. I, I'm in a little gym that has uh, tennis courts. And uh, the pro at the gym was, was, I was hitting with him. We were working on my game. And a guy I know who I played tennis with, again, very nice guy, he walks over to me uh, while I'm playing. And he says, wow, why are you out here practicing tennis? And he meant it. To say, hey, you're very good at tennis already. Okay. There's no reason to, to for you to practice, which okay. is the way I should have taken it. So far, so good. However, the way I did take it was that he was saying, dude, there's nothing for you to practice for. There's no reason for you to get any better at tennis. You're good enough to play stupid weekend tennis, and you're not... You're not going to Wimbledon, pal. I mean, it was it, it, that's that's the way I took it. The way I took it was, you. It's over for you, and that's great that you're pretty good at tennis, but you don't need to get any better. Like that's the you. Okay, you've so, hit the so point. Let me make sure I understand what happened here, which yes. is your ego was dinged by the <laughs> the server. Saying yes. like, why are you even bothering to still walk around Earth when you're this old and sad? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then you carried that psychologically <laughs> over to the tennis court, and when you were given a compliment, a relative you, compliment, your yeah. your relative compliment, your 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 damaged ego <laughs> heard instead a savage rebuke of your tennis playing ability. Well, Does that it what was. Happened? No, I don't think it was a rebuke of my tennis playing ability. I think it was a compliment to my tennis playing ability. I think it was No, but rebuke. I'm saying you heard it that no, way. No, the way I heard it was it was a rebuke to any ambition I would have to get better. Right, right. At this point. You're at an age where you are what you are and you're never ever there's there's nothing at the end for you. Just 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 play. Just play tennis, have fun, but you're not there's there's no there's no tournament for you at the end of this. There are no trophies. The dream that you ever had, that's right. gone. That's the way I yeah. heard it. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's funny because that's exactly like something my great-great-grandfather would have done. So you, <laughs> you remind me a lot of my great-great-grandfather. <laughs> I've, I've, often, I've often been told that. And speaking of great-great-grandfather, uh, uh as you all well know, I got an electric typewriter. This is not a one less meaningless thing, but, it, but I'll, I'll throw it in there because it is an old person thing. I got an yeah. electric typewriter that I uh, used to uh, send off to type up the five essays that you made me do. That you volunteered uh, for. <laughs> that I did not volunteer for <laughs> in any way, shape, or form so that we could send those off as prizes. I understand uh, that our our uh, listeners who have won the prize 
uh, package got their prizes. They they seem they seem we, very uh, happy. Did all of them get them? Well, we've only heard we've only heard from one because let's face it, uh, our our prize winners are not thankful at all to us because <laughs> we <laughs> we've not heard anything from the rest of them. But we have heard from one of them, our Canadian listener. We've oh, heard good. from Griffin. Griffin took a picture of everything and was super grateful. I'm sure they've all gotten it at this point. But here's my point. Um, I I wrote a book. I I, I needed to tell baseball you baseball one hundred. No, it's a, it's a new book. I wrote a new oh. book called Why We Love Baseball, and I am now in the the early stages of promoting that book. Uh, and as one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to send. Uh, they made these really cool, fun cards that preview the book that I wanted to send off to a bunch of different people, and and I've sent them off. Uh, but I wanted to make it special, so I included a baseball card related to the book in each of these little packets. And yeah. I also typed a note. That, that, so I actually typed a note. So I probably typed 100, 150 notes, little notes to people as I was sending out these little packages. And I'm just going to just point out, flat out say it, typewriter is better than a computer. It's better than a computer. What are you talking no, about? No, no, no. It's better... Like for that kind of thing, all I had to do was just put the little paper in, type it, it's done, no printing, no no dealing with the stupid uh, Wi-Fi on the printer, which never works, no dealing with, you know, it, it, looks, it looks great. You don't have to worry if you make a mistake. Everybody understands it's a typewriter. If you make a mistake, don't worry about that. Uh, and I sent it off. It was fantastic. So I'm all for the going back to the days of the typewriter. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is your worst take. You're <laughs> <laughs> slowly. I love your, the typewriter. You. This is you. Just your one last meaningless thing was about how someone mistook uh, mistook you for someone older. <laughs> for than old, you really and then are. I made the and old I, man take of all time. You're literally, you're literally calling for the end of computing devices and a return I, to I, like I, mimeographs. Let's go. Not mimeographs. Just the typewriter. Uh, look, I'm not going all the way back to the manual typewriter i'm just going to the electric typewriter I which mean, is big i can't i cannot go with you on this journey this is the first time this is the first time it's ever been a true first take scenario where you have an opinion <laughs> that i have the opposite opinion also game boys better than all the current uh um uh Video games, I would think that you know that I depth. can't speak to. I'm not. That's not really my area of expertise. But as a person who spends eight hours a day writing things, yes, the, the typewriters are not better. Than no, they're not. They're not. But I, I love doing it. I really enjoyed write, typing stuff out on my typewriter. Uh, I do want to say one last thing. Uh, well, two two last things before we go. One, okay. Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Who's number one? Uh, this, what is it? Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. LeBron is better. All right. LeBron's better. All right. So that's, that's where we are, uh, right now. Second thing I want to say is this is just super duper cool. And you got to see this. I would imagine watching the WBC. They're doing super fun things at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And two of those things I just want to mention just in passing. One is hopefully all of you who I watch the WBC heard our good friend, Bob Kendrick, narrating this super cool commercial about the three women who played in the Negro Leagues. They did a an animated short about uh, Mamie Peanut Johnson and Tony Stone. Um, and I can't remember, there was a third woman who played in the Negro Leagues and Bob Kendrick narrates it. 
And that is incredibly, incredibly cool. Well, was it great to hear his voice? Fantastic. Always, so, I mean, I'll tell you, it's a great voice, first of all. But it's a great also, voice. Every time you hear that voice, it means you are learning something awesome about the history of the game. And, yes, uh, it's so yes, great. It's wonderful. And the second thing is, while I am not a a uh, a video game uh, guy at all, just don't know that much about it, uh, this year for the first time in MLB 23, I guess, there are Negro Leagues players in there. They put eight Negro Leagues players in there, and they're going to actually expand on it. It's, it's, it's a deal. And not only do they put the players in, they put um, the uh, like a movie about each of the players in the games. You can learn about Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson and, and uh, Oscar Charleston, and these are the guys that are in there, which is unbelievably cool. But here, to me, is the coolest part. Again, I've never played this game, but as I understand it, you can you when you pick a pitcher, it'll show you his pitches and how good each of these pitches are. So they'll be like, you know, Shohei Otani fastball is a is a ninety nine out of a hundred or whatever, and right. his slider is ninety six out of hundred. For Satchel Page, they did it so he doesn't throw any of those pitches. He just throws the pitches that he named himself. So when you go to Satchel Page, he throws. Oh, I, do I, he's got a B ball and he's got a Midnight Rider and he's got the uh, oh, the. Uh, it's all through there. So if you do play games, if you are into video games at all, I guess this is the coolest thing. And it's also Bob's voice. Bob Bob is uh, voicing all of the Negro League stuff. So a couple of Negro League things that we wanted to just get out there. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, we, we accomplished another one and we actually got out in an hour and a half. This is, uh, this Not is bad. our, yeah, this is the, 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 the quickest one we've done in a long time. So as always, thank you. Get Shohei Otani out of Anaheim. Pause cast. Pause cast.